My name is Padrigo Tuma, and so many poems across centuries and maybe even millennia are about the story of a name, the name that's given to somebody, the name that they change their name to. I used to hate my name. It means nobleman from the hills. And Otoma comes from a Latin word, which we have in English also, tomb, places of the dead. So maybe my name means nobleman from the places of the dead. And the older I've gotten, the more I've settled into my own name. And the more, too, that I'm really glad for it and really glad for the changing way within which a name can mean multiple things, depending as to what stage of your life you're at. Ode to Your Father's Gold Chain by Joshua Bennett Since we are already on the topic, I casually mention that I think we should name the baby Ajax and you laugh so hard that both your shoulders shake as you mouth an adamant no, your arms waving wild in front of your face like some novice air traffic controller. You later explain that this is not only quote-unquote a terrible name, but also that it makes you think of innumerable Thursdays spent cleaning bathrooms at your grandma's house. And yes, I know there must be a joke about class stratification in there somewhere, since the name Ajax also makes me think of that magical white dust in the cardboard blue box long before it does any ancient Greek demigod. But I tend to assume my first thought is not my best thought, as you now know well. I often attribute this fact to my sound colonial education, but I'm not yet sure what you would call or think of it. One might say that this, in fact, is a working definition for love in a time of general disenchantment. The meticulous consideration of all that slipped through the mind's wet meshwork before, minor miracles like the number of bones in a human hand. How yours unfastens like a memory when I request an impromptu waltz across the bar's threshold and we circle one another as if swordsmen in the low light. How the next week you clasp your father's gold chain at the back of my neck. Call me beautiful in your inside voice, barely breaking a whisper as if you can't hear the dawn roaring its way through the bedroom window just to catch a glimpse of us here, barely mortal, shimmering at the cusp of this strange and untamable world. I love this poem for all kinds of reasons. And after the first time I read it, I repeated to myself, we circle one another as if swordsmen in the low light over and over because the words were so delicious to say in that order. It's a dialogical poem, which is an unnecessarily formal way of saying that it's a poem about a conversation. And the conversation is, what would we call our child? And in the context of that conversation, so much is being held all the ways in which the name of a child is the naming of a world, their own presence in the world. And it's a curiosity about how the world will look at the child and how the child will look at the world. 
the characters in this poem are deeply in love and they emerge so joyfully and fully in combat and dialogue. You know, he says, since we're already on the topic, I casually mentioned that I think we should name the baby Ajax. There's nothing casual about casual here. You can get the impression that he's been thinking, when's the right time that I can mention this? And then her reply is magnificent. They know each other so well that he can predict, it seems, that she's likely to disagree entirely with his suggestion. And she laughs and mouths no and waves her arm in front of her face. Complete disagreement and complete joy in their disagreement. And that's one of the really interesting things. You know, she's kind of implying, what on earth were you thinking, rather than using this as a way to start a catastrophic argument? And here is the presence of great love. Here is the presence of joy in the midst of all the things that they think differently about. There's so much in this poem about how they know each other. Like he knows pretty well that she's unlikely to like his suggestion. And then she comes back saying that Ajax reminds her of cleaning the bathrooms at her grandmother's. And then he is saying that he too had thought that, but he'd second guessed himself, knowing that Ajax is the name of a Greek demigod and thinking, no, let me go there. And then he's wondering, why did I second guess myself? And he's wondering, should he blame this on a colonial education? But then he's thinking, well, actually, maybe she would disagree with me about that. I'm not sure if she would blame my habit of second guessing myself on my education or on something else. And over and over again, this poem is talking about what it means to behold somebody you love and be beheld by somebody you love and the changes and modification and negotiation and clash and delight that happens in such beholding. Whenever I read this poem, I think that it's a great poem, but it's also a poem about a great love. And I find myself thinking, what a lucky child to have this wonderful plateau of delight and pleasure and opposition and electricity as the homestead into which you're born. There are really gorgeous similes in this poem. Your face like some novice air traffic controller and then your hand unfastens like a memory. And then we circle one another as if swordsmen in the low light. And these similes work so brilliantly. The first is visual, simply somebody saying with their face and their hand, no, 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 like how do I stop this bad idea of a name like Ajax from landing? And then the second is so quiet, those gorgeous M's in memory unfastens like a memory. There is an echo perhaps of the word mama happening in that, anticipating what's coming towards them. And then the last one, we circle one another as if swordsmen in the low light. It's a delicious play of opposition in this couple and equality and shared energy and the enjoyment of not trying to pretend that they agree on everything, but the unfolding world that happens when they know how to disagree with such playfulness. Opposition in this clash of these swordsmen doesn't mean oppression. But opposition means love and dance and making each other more brilliant and seeing each other in a more beautiful and loving light. Mm -hmm. 
poem is titled Ode to Your Father's Gold Chain and the gold chain obviously comes in toward the end of the poem but Ode here is spelt in a way that's different to how it normally would be spelt as a title of a poem. Often Ode is spelt O-D-E a kind of a praise song but here Joshua Bennett spells it as O-W-E-D it's a play on sound and this is a discussion in this poem about the question of inheritance what will this child of theirs inherit as he has inherited a gold chain from a father? And what inheritance do they live with? What are the complicated inheritances? What are the stories they inherited, you know, of a Greek demigod or of cleaning the bathroom, of a colonial education or an inheritance that they're shaping by the way that this couple love each other? Obviously, the question about what to name a baby is at the heart of this. And that question has been troubling humanity for a very long time. Will the name that we give a child shape the child's future? Will it shape the way the world looks at the child or the way the child looks at the world? Or will it shape the world indeed? What is the future going to be? This unknowable thing, this strange and untamable world, as Joshua Bennett finishes off this poem with. And here, in the midst of all that's unknown, they've turned to a certain kind of playful, combative, deeply loving, deeply equal dance with each other, which is filled with their own individuality, as well as filled with that which holds them together, which is love, which is that gold chain, which is the names they give each other, which is the way that they shape and contribute to each other as they face into this new world of being parents and this whole new world that will happen as the result of one child's birth. Ode to Your Father's Gold Chain by Joshua Bennett Since we are already on the topic, I casually mentioned that I think we should name the baby Ajax, and you laugh so hard that both your shoulders shake as you mouth an adamant no, your arms waving wild in front of your face like some novice air traffic controller. You later explain that this is not only, quote unquote, a terrible name, but also that it makes you think of innumerable Thursdays spent cleaning bathrooms at your grandma's house. And yes, I know there must be a joke about class stratification in there somewhere, since the name Ajax also makes me think of that magical white dust in the cardboard blue box long before it does any ancient Greek demigod. But I tend to assume my first thought is not my best thought, as you now know well. I often attribute this fact to my sound colonial education, but I'm not yet sure what you would call or think of it. One might say that this, in fact, is a working definition for love in a time of general disenchantment. The meticulous consideration of all that slipped through the mind's wet meshwork before, minor miracles, like the number of bones in a human hand, how yours unfastens like a memory when I request an impromptu waltz across the bar's threshold, and we circle one another as if swordsmen in the low light. How the next week you clasp your father's gold chain at the back of my neck. Call me 
beautiful in your inside voice, barely breaking a whisper as if you can't hear the dawn roaring its way through the bedroom window just to catch a glimpse of us here, barely mortal, shimmering at the cusp of this strange and untamable world. Your Father's Gold Chain comes from Joshua Bennett's book, Ode. Thank you to Joshua and Penguin Books who gave us permission to use the poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is Gautam Shrikishan, Aaron Kalasako, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Lucas Johnson, Kayla Edwards, and me, Chris Hegel. Our music is composed and provided by Gautam Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. You may enjoy our other podcasts, On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you'd like to listen, or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.